my belief now is that, and it's an old teaching, it's not new to me, but I'm becoming very aware of it, is that, you know, I truly see God in everything, every living thing. There's different, I can just look at someone, you know, and see them for their physical form, but then I'm going way further into that. And I feel like when I'm interacting with a person, I am interacting with God. This is It's Okay to Go Radio, the show questioning the religious beliefs that influence our lives, the challenges we face leaving them behind, and who we become after we leave. Hello everyone and welcome to It's Okay to Go Radio. I'm your host, Haley Carl. Today, a conversation with a former Catholic, Danny Scott. Danny was not only raised Catholic, but he enjoyed many aspects of the Catholic Church and credits the Church with many of the good aspects of his life. And yet, several years ago, Danny found himself in a position where he felt he had to, quote, break up with God. What I find fascinating about Danny is when you meet him, you would probably assume that he's still an active member of the Church. But Danny exists in that gray area between belief and non-belief what is now classically referred to by Pew Research and other religious pollsters as spiritual but not religious. The numbers of these spiritual but not religious, or nuns, N-O-N-E-S, as they're also referred to, is growing in America and around the world and encompasses so many different aspects of non-belief. Today, co-host Dustin Parent and I talk to Danny Scott to learn about his Let's get to it. Danny Scott, where are you from, Danny? Originally from the Great Garden State, New Jersey, and uh, Catholic since birth. No, after birth. After birth? Well, I wasn't born Catholic. Oh, okay. <laughs> you were conceived Catholic. That's right. Big family? Yeah, family of six. Uh, separated four boys, two girls. And probably the, I would say the two younger boys, me and my younger brother, were the ones who really were involved more with the church. I do think that I had, I had a very good basis for certain upbringing. The one thing that I thought was awkward, that it was just my mom and the children, not as much my father, who would always force us to get out of bed to go to church and we would do so and going to church was it was just fun it was a good thing to do on a sunday morning and you know easter time was always a good time i thought that was very um i don't know it was just uplifting so to speak yeah was there any ever anything interesting that happened as a kid or any experiences you had as a church that you remember specifically as a child i think just being involved and i think one thing was probably uh the sacrament of confirmation what's that um, it happens like sometime around maybe your seventh grade of school, somewhere in there. Um, and you get to receive the sacrament. It's believed in the Catholic Church that you really shouldn't get married unless you have that. So there's a lot of adults who go to, you know, confirmation classes, so to speak. You're actually, they ask you to choose another name for yourself. I'm not very clear on it because my level of interest in the church was coming from a different perspective than what was being taught, so to speak. It was more routine. You didn't question many things in my household. 
you did it because you were directed to do it. Right. When so, did you start questioning the church? Do you remember? Was there a moment or how yeah, old were you? Yeah. I was approximately 10 or 11 years old and I was laying out on the side. You know, my parents have a little bit of property, um, a couple acres, and I was laying out on the side property and there was a rock that sticks out of the ground. They live in a rocky terrain area. So I was laying on the lawn and I was looking up at the dark evening sky at all the stars and at that moment I had a revelation that there's no way that we're alone and there's no way that what I'm being taught is right and that's when it happened and I can't remember if it was I was 10 or 11 but I was just not believing from that point Mm -hmm. so that's where my lack of interest came in because I didn't necessarily believe in the teachings So did you start exploring potentially other faiths or the answer to that question? I did a little bit, um, maybe into a Presbyterian um, background only because there was a minister there who I really took a liking to, super nice guy, but I was also veering away drastically at that time. So it was just kind of my own exploration and investigation to see. So then... I was asked to join a youth group, and that was from a Christian standpoint, where the teachings were a little bit more than just a Catholic understanding. And I think another changing point, too, was when you're being taught at one time to be offered forgiveness, just ask. You know, ask and ye shall be forgiven. Uh, And I didn't understand why I had to go to a Catholic priest and share my deepest secrets that I thought were sins to be forgiven. So therefore, that's when I relieved myself of having to go to confession and tell someone else what I thought was sinful at that time. Well, it sounds like you had an issue with the concept of hell. Are you going to hell if you didn't believe it? Exactly. Uh, That was a big thing for me. They never used that against us as children. Like, you know, if you don't obey your parents, you're going to go to hell. But there was, um, I come from a little bit of judgment. I come from racism, um, was a big part, uh, and a lot of obedience. I mean, yet, you know, you have to understand you have six kids running around. You have two daughters that are teenagers and fighting with each other and fighting with their parents and trying to keep a semi level keeled home. My dad would try and wake us up in the morning. And at the age of 13, that's when I started telling my parents that if my dad wasn't going, I wasn't going. Were you supported in that decision by the rest of your family? Or? No. No. Definitely not. How and did I, that make you feel? Um, I, I honestly didn't care at that point. My end of my sophomore year, prior to my junior year beginning, I like to say that I was recruited to a Catholic school Catholic high school, but uh, it was my parents' decision that was going to send me to a Catholic school, and it was because I also like to say that I was having too much fun in a public school. So they tried to bring me back into thinking that they would be able to rebend cold steel, so to speak. How'd that go? Uh, the first year of my junior high school, first semester, uh, was the first year that I ever hit honor roll in school. Um, and I was somewhat rebellious, but I had some really good teachers that would deal directly with you, but I wasn't in acceptance of the religion being taught. It was more an acceptance of the academics. 
And I did graduate from there in, in uh, my senior year. I feel like, you know, I do feel that it was a positive thing because I feel that if I would have stayed in public school, I probably either would have quit or I would have been on the five-year plan. Just from having fun. It has nothing to do with knowledge or any of that. We're talking just typical, your typical teenage Yeah, I just wasn't teenage. applying myself. Got it. That's all. And I was in a high school that, you know, some of my classes had 50 students in it. And, uh, you know, I went from that to having, back down to having 18 or 20. So it played a major part. And I, I wouldn't discredit that by any means. I had some great teachers there at Catholic school. So then when you graduated, were you involved in Catholicism at all? Or was that a point at which you were able to make a clean break from it? Uh, I pretty much made a clean break right around that time. My dad had become ill. He passed away right after I graduated high school that summer and was pretty much mad at the world. So you can imagine how that would affect you and, you know, you're angry at the world and you're mad at God and, you know, because you've been taught all these things that, you know, God is a punishable God. And after that time of that grieving period, probably a couple of years, some really beneficial experiences and found myself again back uh, reaching out to some sort of guidance, some sort of, you know, teachings. And that's when I went back to the Christian based teachings because I had a pastor in the state of Florida that was really uh, Pastor Steve, and he had an awesome church that he taught the parables in today's times. And when I say today, it was like the mid-90s. So the teachings were very unique. Nothing was ever repeated. It was the one thing that I kind of fell away from the Catholic Church because I, it was also repeated, and it was very so this, oppressive. This was progressive Christianity. Yeah, and I felt like Catholicism was oppressive. Yeah. So it really changed my thoughts. It was very uplifting, but I wasn't also there because I was trying to cling on to something. I literally felt like I was taking classes every Sunday. So to be in a Catholic church, you're there for an hour and it feels painful and you know that you can be outside where when I started going to the Christian church, then that's when I realized, um, there's, you know, there's teachings that could be made into today's time so that you can understand them. And it really changed my perspective. Was this satisfying you on an emotional level or um, an intellectual level or both? Oh, I would definitely say both for sure. Uh, like I said, I wasn't grabbing onto anything like a life support rope. It was just more what I was coming into. And, and I definitely wasn't there to get back involved in religion. It just, uh, I was invited to go there, which I thought was also, well, you can call it a sign for sure. I think somebody captured that I was kind of suffering and wanted to move me to a better place. So that was very beneficial. But shortly after that, I moved away from it again and kind of went out on my own interests and trying to find, uh, you know, from different perspectives of what I thought was right or the truth, so to speak. You told me kind of a story about you sitting on the bed and sort of, I don't know, breaking up with God or having this sort of revelation. Can you talk about that? Yeah, it's a good topic. Uh, I do share that occasionally, but it was one of the hardest breakups I probably ever had. <laughs> um, and I think part of it was guilt and part of it was feeling somewhat like I had been misled. Um, I'm sure if I looked into it more, there'd be more feelings of it. But very specifically, remember sitting on my bed and knowing that I was going into my room to sit on my bed and deal with the situation like you would in any relationship. I just felt that things weren't correct in the way that I thought they should be. So the situation just came about where I had to make a decision that I was either going to 
choose to go on my own path and gather information from all areas and have maybe an understanding or an insight into it, or I was going to have to uh, stay in a in a church that did all the teachings. So, and I knew that the guilt and you know believing in a God or in Jesus was kind of that big problem that I felt was a block. So I, I went into my room and I sat down and basically uh, I broke up with Jesus. And uh, I didn't break up with the teachings of Jesus. I broke up with, you know, just the idea that uh, do this or you go to hell, so to speak. So it was a very emotional time for me. Uh, I felt like I went into, if I can remember back to that time, because it was also in the mid to late 90s at that point, and it was probably like a three-day gloomy kind of foggy kind of mindset that I was in. But I knew that it was the right thing uh, to, to break away from the regimented teachings of what I had been brought up with. So you broke up with doctrine in a way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. Because I, I, I don't uh, discredit the historical aspects of what we've been taught as far as Jesus walking the earth. I just... At that time, I didn't believe that Jesus would come back in a physical form to earth. There was no second coming in that. And I was too young to understand that it doesn't necessarily have to be a physical form. And now I know that it's not in a physical form. So from that moment when you broke up with Jesus until mm -hmm. now, when was that moment? What year was that? You said in the mid-90s? Yeah, mid, mid to late 90s that was. And... Uh, Things just kind of began to change. I felt a little freer. I didn't, you know, was again, wasn't doing what would be considered bad things, but uh, just felt a little freer, didn't feel the pressure, didn't feel the guilt, um, knew that I wanted to treat people differently, um, although still coming from a judgmental standpoint, who doesn't when they're not taught differently or when they're taught to be most of their life. And um, I just kind of started moving into my own, my own little realm, you know. Now, were you meeting other people during this time that had experienced a similar kind of in and out journey at all? Any former Catholics or that had kind of experienced what you'd experienced? No, I see those incidences occurring way more today than I did when I was younger. You know, I feel like there are certain ones that are afraid to leave, you know. What are you today? Like, are you, would you say you're a religious person, a spiritual person, an, an atheist? What would you call yourself? Um, I am definitely, if there had to be a label put on, I would definitely say spiritual. Um, I definitely, I don't know. I just always felt like I was good hearted. I always felt like there was more to what I was being taught. So to give it a label, I, yeah, I would say spiritual investigative for sure. And that I do believe in something greater than, than something that is a punisher, you know? What are you most curious about right now in terms of religion and spirituality? Like what fascinates you? Just the amount of information that is available. Just the, the you know, I've had some pretty amazing experiences over the last three to four years where my life really started to transition and uh, more of an understanding. So from a religious perspective, um, you know, you find where where religion has oppressed people for so long or suppressed them or uh, and I think people are coming into the light that those, some of those things aren't true or 
of course you're still going to have that for a long time, but, um, I don't know, just the, just the unlimited amount of what's out there and, you know, you can't go cover to cover like you would on a Bible. There's no way that you can put a cover on what's available to you. And I don't mean in just words. I just mean in the whole entire, whatever we think is out there, the galaxy, the universe, and it's not to get off on that kind of a subject, but it's just unlimited. And uh, I feel if you operate from a good perspective and a, and a cl clear, hopefully conscious mind that you're going to move into that realm. And when you do, you're going to find that there are spectacular things that are occurring and always have been. You just weren't aware of it. So I, I honestly have a hard time putting it into words because it's hard for me to really explain so much because it's also so new to me. One thing I find interesting is that Danny today still reads the Bible. So really? are you finding a new idea? Are you getting new information from the Bible now that you have this sort of broader understanding maybe of spirituality or? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I actually, you know, when I did break up with Jesus, so to speak, and the, not necessarily the teachings uh, from a good standpoint, the teachings, not from, you know, being told that you're going to go to hell. Um, I, I definitely have always found that there's been a Bible within reach. Um, I travel with it. Obviously, for people now, it's a lot easier. You can travel with the Bible on your any any device that you have. But I am have been reading it. Um, started with the New Testament, and I don't. I read it every day. Some days I skip, like anything else. You know, you forget to take your vitamins some days. But uh, I am getting a different perspective on it and a different understanding from it. And it's not to, I don't go out and preach it. I don't, you know, do any of those things. It's more for my level of understanding, but I am getting a totally different insight into it. And at the same time, while I'm doing that, I am meeting people who are explaining it in their, in their own way, in their own form. And before I never did that because you really discussed it with people who thought this is what it's supposed to be. And that's it. You weren't allowed to look into it. You were just taught the teachings. So yeah, I, I, I try and read a little bit every day. I've been moving through the books. I'm not looking for I'm not looking for mistakes. I'm not looking for misunderstandings. It's just like I said, when you open up to what is available to you nowadays, it's a totally different take on it. So yeah. It's interesting because I know quite a few people that once they left they would never want to touch the Bible again. They wouldn't want one in their house. It'd be very triggering for them emotionally. And what is it? What made you pick it up again? Well, there's. Uh, I've always read books. I've always had magazines around. I've always been interested in that kind of stuff. Never really had a big interest for television. Um, I did step away from it for a couple of years, and not from the late '80s to the early '90s. But I did step away from it, like I said, after the the breakup with with religion and Jesus. And it was probably a couple of years after that where, I don't know, it just always drew me back. Some of it I can decipher from for myself to think like like anything that you read that you don't need to revisit it. Uh, but also just, just keeping it, you know, I don't do it for a daily roadmap, and I think a lot of people do. Would you say that how you're seeing the world now, that there is sort of a no pun intended, but like an exodus, like a leaving of organized religion? My, mm, 
my awareness on that is that there are, I think there's people that are, that would leave in greater numbers if there was something else to turn to. That's interesting. You know, uh, yeah. because I feel that there are a lot of people that need to grab onto something, whether it be for strength or, you know, whatever their reason is. I mean, when I definitely had the, the separation, when I sat on my bed and had that moment occur, there was definitely a time that I was considering, am I an atheist or agnostic also? Um, and I think atheism, you know, it's very easy to, well, I shouldn't say it's easy, but, it, you know, people choose to think that, you know, dust to dust. Uh, and I definitely have a few that come to mind. And, and there's lots of atheists that are that are great people. There's a lot of atheists that, you know, everyone thinks that if you're an atheist, you're going to want to go out and injure somebody or maim something that's what religious people think that's what religious people yeah, think, they and, think and if there's no morals then we're just going to be chaos yeah so if you're an atheist then don't you remove some of that guilt some of that feeling that you've been ingrained with or you know i have many friends that weren't brought up religious and you know they they can't put a title on what they are but maybe they're atheist you know so i know some i know some fine people that are you know yeah. i mean i've never met an atheist that uh, is also a sociopath in the sense that they don't feel guilt when they hurt someone's feelings, exactly. that, that, that they would want to murder, that they would want to abuse a child, you know, and that's, I think that's difficult for uh, someone that's grown up with religion to understand that or see that, because uh, certainly I've, I've heard many people say that, well, without this book, I'd be out there murdering. And yeah, but you see like, it in religion. You see people doing all of those things yeah. inside of this moral code. So I like that, that like, the church of dust to dust. I never heard it put that way. Like that's an yeah. atheist kind of yeah. understanding of the world. Like my brother believes that when you die, it's lights out. Uh huh. And there's no, there's nothing past that. And and I and I say, I can't imagine what kind of anxiety that must bring every day to wake yeah. up and think that when you die, it's over. You know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's something that I find interesting that people maybe struggling in religion where there's no like you said there's no place to go when you yeah. if you leave where are you going to go all we know is religious and atheist that's like what everyone talks about mm -hmm. but you're sort of going down this middle road and you're kind of working with people now and and they're suffering can you tell us what the suffering is that people are going through today like well you definitely you know i've experienced uh witnessing all different kinds of them uh you know, from people that are wanting to step away from religion, people who have a lack of understanding, people who are guilty thinking that they're going to be punished and go to hell, people that, you know, um, I think the, that can stem from, the suffering can stem from many, many, many things. I think the thing that's exciting is that people are beginning to feel enlivened, that they're beginning to deal with their suffering easier. People are, it seems like people are beginning to talk about it more. People are beginning to want to deal with it. Um, you know, and, and I speak from a perspective that you're still going to have someone who's going to remain in hiding or, you know, feel ostracized uh, from public opinion and, you know, all these kinds of things. But I think the amazing thing is that people are stepping forward and basically saying, like, I need help. You see that people, I, I honestly feel that people are beginning to want to, deal with those circumstances that they find themselves under in 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 large numbers well you see it in subtle ways in different like liz gilbert is a great example mm -hmm. of that where she writes these that's books right. to encourage this creativity and curiosity that's right and you know 
even Oprah with her soul session where it's just, it's not religious. Mm -hmm. And there's definitely tones of like Christianity or different things, but it kind of rides that line of that spirituality, but not even, you couldn't even call it spirituality too. Yeah. You see these things. And that that's what I was saying earlier is that you can't, I, I just can't put words on it because... You know, it's one, it's because it's new for me. And two, I don't want to really label it because it is kind of what's happening, you know, and, and we've all, well, maybe not everyone, but we've definitely seen where people have gotten to a point where you just can't deal with the circumstances anymore. And, you know, in a way that's kind of your inner child or your, your ultimate calling is to step away from the scenario that you're under. Right. You know? Here's a question. Do you think labeling it puts it in that same category as a religion? It's somehow... Yeah. Solidifies then it. Then people look for it to be regimented and have guidelines and, you know, what is right and what is wrong. And bad and good is something, you know, as soon as you put a label on it, then you start creating that outline of what should be and what shouldn't be. I, I feel. That's my opinion. Labeling something almost seems like you're putting this thing outside of yourself. You know, that this religion or this God is outside of yourself. And we were talking about that today. Like, seems like what you're saying is, you don't follow a book or a teaching. You just kind of are spiritual. Like your being, everything that you do is spiritual, right? Is that kind of... That's right. And it's a daily practice. You know, I'm moving in that direction more and more. And it's not that you're not going to feel anger or display frustration or lash out at somebody. You know, people don't think that Jesus did something like that. And he had just the same problems that humans have nowadays uh, maybe not with money or finances or divorce or anything like that, but same scenarios. So yeah, I think you're correct in, in that. And how you sure. deal with those things that come up is your spirituality in a sense, how you deal with the anger that's or right. the frustration. Yeah. I'm in awareness of it now. Yes. That's you know? a good word. And that's yeah. huge because a, a lot of people act out and not know that they just did it. It's okay to act out and people may discredit that, that statement, it's okay to lash out, know that you lashed out, know why you lashed out and go into and feel why you did. And, uh, you know, Haley, you brought up a good thing before. And that is if you, it, you know, you may not recognize why you're lashing out and why you do that to someone. And that could be part of your inner child, you know, rolling down the back window of the car, so to speak, and sticking their hand out or sticking their head out for even a moment before they're told to shut it again. Right. So all you want is the breath of fresh air, and I, and I feel that it's been a breath of fresh air for me. So what do you tell people now that you meet that are thinking about leaving organized religion or maybe just have and they're feeling a little, you know, like the ship out to sea with no sails in a sense? What do you say to them? If you're in awareness of it, then it begins to make you operate from a different perspective. If you remove judgment, you know, this is one thing, this is a great thing now that, you know, we, I see society moving, even though there's still large portions of it and there's going to continue to be for years ahead, we're moving away from judgment. We're moving towards acceptance. So like I said, my verbiage, my um, topics are changing, the way that I view people, uh, and that all those things, like, cause it can go very, you can go very much in depth on those topics, but that's kind of more of what I'm operating from acceptance and awareness. So are you saying that people are coming up to you and wanting to talk about spiritual things more than they used to? Is that yeah. where this is happening? Yes. And I, and I also feel that it's happening more. It's happening, 
uh, with rapidity. Would that be correct? And it just, like I said, I think people are just wanting to tell their story. People are knowing that they want to move away from what has hurt them so much. And I feel that there's certain people that move forward with religion. I think it becomes a very positive thing for them. Um, but I also feel that, you know, they're moving in a direction that they're calling out. And I say, you know, with when I didn't believe that Jesus could come in a physical form as himself back to earth by living your life, kind of what I just explained, because I know, you know, we're on limited time. But when you begin to live your life like that, that's what I believe is that it's the not to get in a, a, a new age awareness, but you're dealing with bringing the energy of Christ back to earth. And that's what we're operating from. That's why we're operating in awareness. That's why we're operating from into acceptance and less judgment. And I just couldn't continue to operate from an area that, you know, tells you to be one way and people go to church and, you know, do not be in judgment, but how many people walk away from the church on a Sunday morning and immediately move into judgment and not knowing they're doing it. That guy's a jerk. That person cut me off. That did that. That did that. And I really have been concentrating on working from a different perspective nowadays. And it's, it's has worked. It's not, it's not working wonders. It's, it's, uh, there's just examples everywhere, you know, it's on a daily so basis. Your life is reflected by following these teachings or these sort of laws in a sense, this innateness of doing good to others and good things coming to you. Like that's what you're kind of saying is a Christ absolutely energy. And when you step away from judgment, you find that your life is different, that your experiences are different. Absolutely. And it, to, to put it bluntly, I would say that they almost feel cleaner. Nice. I don't want to say happier. I don't want to say, you know, all those things come from that. They just feel cleaner. You know, um, you're exhausted from work. You're not exhausted from your thoughts at the end of the day. That's nice. You know, um, and there's, there's been many things. I mean, you know, that says that you have to, you know, it's the rule of 10,000 hours, study for 10,000 hours to become a master. And I'm not going to say that I have anywhere near 10,000 hours and I may, um, but you know, I'm well on my way to that, not for, to fill my own ego or to have a status or anything like that. It's just very appealing to me that these kind of teachings are out there and I don't discredit anything. You know, I don't have much experience with the Quran, but I have interest in one day finally getting to read that and have a more of an understanding instead of operating from a judgmental part. Could you explain God to us in your best way like because i find religion is a way for people to just accept what someone else told them was the essence of god so yeah. you've stepped away from and you're sort of in this middle rail or this third rail or something where you're spiritual and you're not dismissing these old teachings you're finding new ideas and principles inside of them so if you were to sit on your bed today and talk to god how would that feel and what would that experience be? Well, I feel that I, uh, and it's a great question. And, you know, I, I, I think that there's TV shows today that are, you know, I think Morgan Freeman, I have yet to see it, but he was on National Geographic in search of God or, you know, understanding it from all different perspectives. Um, my belief now is that 
and it's an old teaching, it's not new to me, but I'm becoming very aware of it, is that, you know, I truly see God in everything, every living thing. There's different, I can just look at someone, you know, and see them for their physical form, but then I'm going way further into that. And I feel like when I'm interacting with a person, I am interacting with God. And that's what I was talking about is my perspective towards people. It's not because I'm trying to practice that because I want a happier world or it takes me to my happy place or, you know, any of these things. It's my teachings. It's my learnings. It's my experiences. It's my personal experiences that have happened. Um, I believe in the power of prayer. I have friends, as we all do, who have suffered from great geographical distances that I can't be with. Um, and I definitely pour that on every day. Um, and I also, I don't know, for some reason, like a year ago, I started praying the prayer of St. Francis of Assisi. And um, that really started to show me that uh, I was moving into that realm where, you know, uh, you know. Uh, What's the essence of that prayer? What does it say? What's that? Um, I basically, you know, it's. It's basically starts out, you know, where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is, you know, um, can where, you read it? You have it? Oh yeah. It's um, it starts out, and obviously you could change the wording, but you know, I like to say that, Lord, make me an instrument of Thy peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope where there is darkness, light, and where there is sadness, joy. O Divine Master, grant that I may not seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying to self that we are born to eternal life. And when I read that now, I definitely look back throughout the day and, uh, I feel that my, even though I do have a tendency to talk a lot, I feel that my listening skills have become better. I feel that I am being presented with people who just really do need you to understand them or really do just need you to care for them or have, you know, place faith in them, place hope in them, you know, give them permission in a sense. Yeah. Give them the, uh, the permission to open up. Yeah. You know, and, and it really has changed things. I mean, I, I, like I said, I believe in the power of prayer. It doesn't come from my upbringing, it doesn't come from anything. I've seen the results of what it does. Um, so that's why I haven't given up on some of the teachings. I'm very, I'm very thankful that my parents, you know, decided to take us down that road, but I feel it should have been a little bit more of a decision. You know, there's a, there's a great guy out there who does a, I feel a phenomenal podcast, Rob Bell. You know, it, when someone's done eating, don't try and force food down their throat. He didn't say that verbatim. That's my interpretation of what he was saying to make it short and sweet, so to speak. But, um, you know, he says that because at a young age, we feel that we need to pummel children with religion and they just can't take that much. You don't continue to feed a baby a bottle if, if the baby doesn't want any more, you know, of its meal. So I thought that was a great, great thing by him. It's interesting. Danny's a carpenter and now he travels around to these places and talks about 
all these spiritual ideas. Somebody else did that. There was, there was some dude back in the first century who did that. I forget his name. Yeah. But Danny doesn't have Birkenstocks. He has nice, <laughs> nice shoes. All right. So that, yeah. Thank you, Danny, for sitting down and uh, being open with us. Thanks again, everyone, for listening to today's episode. Thanks again to Danny for talking with us today. Danny is currently in Alaska for the summer. So if you're listening in Alaska and you see a man that looks like Hugh Jackman and Wolverine, go ahead and say hello. Thank you to our co-host, Dustin Parent. Dustin is an artist and is currently working on a series deconstructing biblical icons. You can see his work at theartofdustin.com. Follow him on Instagram at theartofdustinparent. If you would like to learn more about this project, please find us at itsoktogo.com, on Facebook and Twitter at itsoktogo, on Instagram, search the hashtag itsoktogo. My name is Haley Carl, and we'll see you next week.